is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. With us today on Catholic Review Radio is Baltimore Archbishop William Lorry. We'll take a look back at the year that's ending and then take a look at what's in store for 2021. Welcome to the show, Archbishop Lorry. Thank you very much, uh, Chris. Very nice to be with you. I'd like to start out on something that might be a little bit less than happy for you. It was a tough start to the year for you. You were able to celebrate your mom's 100th birthday and your parents' 73rd wedding anniversary. But then after that, shortly after that, your your father passed away at age 98. What lessons did your dad teach you during your life? Uh, my dad taught me many, many lessons, one of which was uh, love of country. Dad served in World War II in the Navy on an LST near Okinawa. Dad taught me uh, as well the meaning of love and marriage. He, as you mentioned, he and my mom were married 73 years. I saw the ups, I saw the downs, the good days and the bad days. And dad was always a loving husband and a loving father. Dad was also a man of prayer. He went to mass every day when he could. He and mom prayed the rosary together practically every day of their lives. And I know dad loved to go on retreats. And so in general, took his spiritual life really seriously. And uh, a final thing is how how lovingly he and uh, my mom together uh, cared for my brother who had special needs. So I learned a lot of really great lessons from my dad. He was not only my dad, but my friend. And of course, I miss him very much. But I thank God for his long life. That is a good life. Uh, your mom is going to turn 101 in January. How is she doing? Mom's doing uh, really good under the circumstances. In the spring, I think she went through a kind of uh, a difficult time with her health, but she bounced back. And uh, I call her every day. The hardest part, of course, as for many people, is the isolation that COVID has imposed upon us all. Um, she is in Providence Nursing Home in Southern Indiana. The place has been on lockdown for quite a while. So uh, I call her every day and uh, we always have a good conversation. That's great. 2020, though, has been a difficult year for the world. In addition to the coronavirus pandemic, we saw racial strife, calls for police reform in our cities. We've had a really rough election season. How have those crises affected you? Well, those crises have affected me. I think they have affected not only me, but I think bishops across the country. The racial unrest, uh, unpleasant as it is, as as much as we don't like to see uh, strife in our streets, certainly is an occasion for an examination of conscience. In other words, we have to ask ourselves, are we doing everything we ought to be doing to combat uh, bias and discrimination uh, and racism itself. 
I would also say that the election, it was a tough season and it underlined for me uh, not only how polarized the society is, but also the fact that this polarization has found its way into the church. I certainly knew that intellectually, but during this election cycle, I also experienced that polarization as well. You mentioned the work on racial strife and racial reforms. What has the, uh, the work group that you've established been doing? So this work group, um, I established it back in 2019. And the first thing it did was to conduct um, listening sessions. And uh, they really were rather extensive. They included uh, parishioners all around the archdiocese from various backgrounds, uh, clergy, parish leadership, a lot of stakeholders, and they presented findings. And the findings were pretty challenging and certainly challenging for someone in, in, in a position like my own. But it was important that these findings were unearthed and, and presented. But it was also agreed that uh, listening is not enough, that we have to act upon these findings. And so uh, with the help of two consultants, very fine Catholic gentlemen, the findings were closely examined. And uh, this was done by dividing the work group up into various committees, such as a committee on clergy or formation uh, or communications and the like. And out of that work, a series of recommendations are being developed and will be presented to me in the near future about how the archdiocese can really address bias, discrimination, racism, prejudice, and root it out as best we can in a world that is flawed. Uh, in addition to that, uh, some sessions are already being done around the archdiocese to uncover unconscious bias. They're known as learning labs. And I think that these are also important first steps. So what we're doing is laying the foundation for ongoing work of addressing the sin of racism in our midst and pushing back its frontiers as far as we can. As tough as 2020 has been, have you seen some bright spots in the year? Oh, yes. I mean, the Lord is not absent and the Lord's goodness is always uh, with us. And uh, among the bright spots have, have been the witness of people practicing their faith in spite of the restrictions imposed upon us uh, by COVID. Many stories of uh, heroic love and service in the middle of this uh, pandemic that have really been heartwarming. Also, um, of course, I was rejoiced to ordain Bishop Bruce Lewandowski as a new auxiliary bishop here in the Archdiocese, uh, ordained uh, a good number of priests this year. Our number of seminarians increased now to 54. And if you are driving along Martin Luther King Boulevard near uh, 
the University of Maryland campus, you'll see that our brand new school is finished on the outside, not yet on the inside. So there have been a lot of bright spots in a year that has been difficult. Plus, Catholics around the Archdiocese have continued to be uh, so very generous. And I'm humbly grateful for that generosity. There's a lot of significant Archdiocesan celebrations that had to be postponed or made virtual this year. The Chrism Mass was five months later than it should have been, those kinds of things. What's it been like for you on those occasions to, to have to change those important liturgies? Well, I think uh, COVID, if nothing else, has forced all of us to be a lot more flexible. Naturally, you'd want to follow the rhythm and the pattern of a normal year. For example, the Chrism Mass really belongs, I think, in the context of uh, Holy Week. Nonetheless, uh, when these celebrations occurred, they were very joyful. And I remember saying at the uh, Chrism Mass, looking out and seeing uh, a goodly number of priests there, just telling them how happy I was to see them in person. And uh, I think we're kind of all longing to be back together in person uh, when the moment comes. I think we are too. After the break, we're going to talk some more with Archbishop Lurie about the year that just ended and his hopes for 2021. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world from the Catholic Review. After a year which challenged all of us, you can welcome 2021 with an appropriate celebration from the safety of your home, courtesy of the 28th Annual New Year's Eve Interfaith Service from St. Ignatius Parish, one of Baltimore's Jesuit cornerstones. The December 31st event will start at its customary time, 8 p.m., and include words of hope from religious and civic leaders, as always. But this time it will be a virtual gathering, with pre-recorded messages filmed in their own houses of worship and offices, respectively. Baltimore Archbishop William E. Lorry will be joined by Imam Earl el of the Muslim Community Cultural Center of Baltimore, Rabbi Deborah Wexler of Chizokamuno Congregation, and the Rev. Mark Parker of the Breath of God Lutheran Church as well as Brandon Scott, Baltimore's new mayor. To view the service live or watch an archive of it, visit the parish website at st-ignatius.net. Throughout the archdiocese, the number of households being confronted by food shortages has been compounded by the coronavirus pandemic. 
Holy Family in Randallstown has been among the Catholic parishes which have stepped up to help fill that need. As members of its St. Vincent de Paul Conference prepared and distributed food bags for more than 80 households in the days leading up to the fourth Sunday of Advent. Check our website for a story, photos, and a video from Kevin J. Parks, our visual journalist. Elsewhere on the COVID-19 front, Catholic hospitals and nursing homes in the Archdiocese of Baltimore have been among the first in the state to receive a vaccine, the use of which has been approved and encouraged by the Vatican. At the University of Maryland St. Joseph Medical Center in Towson, ER nurse Shelley Smielkowski said she was grateful and humbled to receive a text notifying her that she would be among the first employees of the institution to receive the new vaccine. I just feel like it's a start, Smielkowski told Tim Swift, the review's social media coordinator. It's a start to get us back to the new normal. This is Paul McMullen, Managing Editor of the Catholic Review. Subscribe to our e-newsletter by texting CR Media to 84576 or find all the latest news at catholicreview.org. On behalf of our entire staff, May you be having the merriest of Christmases and a Happy New Year. With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. We're back and looking at the year ahead with Archbishop William E. Laurie of Baltimore. Archbishop, are you hopeful that as we move into the new year that we'll have a readily available vaccine and maybe return to some kind of normal? Uh, it seems that um, uh, we're very, very close to beginning the distribution of uh, COVID vaccines um, locally. And uh, I'm hoping that there will be a very good distribution plan and that those who are most vulnerable and in need uh, will get it first. Um, Naturally, like everybody else, I am hoping that the vaccinations will uh, occur in fairly rapid order so that uh, we can indeed bring this virus under control. But I don't think we should underestimate how much time that's going to take. I think it's going to take a while. I'm hoping, though, that uh, at least perhaps halfway through the year, we'll be able to do a lot more things in person, uh, that some of the businesses that have closed and people who have lost jobs will be able to return to employment. Uh, I'm hoping as well that we'll be able to do more together Uh, in person as a church. So uh, I do have high hopes. And I know, however it unfolds, the Lord will nonetheless be with us. And whenever the Lord is with us, it's a good and beautiful thing. 
It is. When you and I spoke in mid-March, just as the pandemic restrictions were going into place, you said you hoped we might be able to gather by Pentecost for a big celebration. Well, that obviously didn't happen, and we might be looking at next Easter before that can happen. But you are working on some initiatives for this year that to kind of put the fire of the Holy Spirit back into the Catholics in the Archdiocese. You're going to be releasing a, an update of your pastoral letter from 2015, A Light Brightly Visible, and some other things. What's the thrust of that? Thank you. Uh, two initiatives, in addition to the uh, racism initiative, are underway. Uh, one is uh, we're thinking about something called Year of the Eucharist. Now, that's not going to be 2021, but we're going to do preparation for it. We're looking ahead to the day when it will be safe for us to open our churches and welcome everybody back. We're hoping to have a time of prayer and discernment and catechesis so that people will appreciate more deeply what the Eucharist is, why it is important for us to take part in it. And so we're going to have a preparatory year, uh, 2021, for what we're calling the Year of the Eucharist. And it's uh, going to be a time when we celebrate the truth and beauty of our church's Eucharistic faith. That's one thing. And the second thing, as you mentioned, is I'm doing an update on my pastoral letter of five years ago called A Light Brightly Visible. And that was a sort of a vision and mission statement for the archdiocese. It was uh, meant to focus everything we do on evangelization, that is to say, spreading the gospel, reaching out uh, to those who have no faith, to those who no longer practice their faith, and strengthening the faith of all of us who remain and making of ourselves missionary disciples in God's grace, who are willing to bear witness to the faith by our lives and by what we say. This is also meant to guide our parish planning process, which is well underway now. And it seemed to me it was time for an update because a lot has happened in five years and uh, there's been a lot of progress that's been made, but there's also been significant headwinds in these last five years. And I thought it was uh, an important thing to renew the vision, to refresh the vision, uh, to report on where we are, and to plot the path ahead. I hope to have this out next month. In addition to all of that, the Pope has declared this to be the year of St. Joseph. How has St. Joseph inspired you, and how do you think that will be incorporated into what, uh, what the Archdiocese is doing? Well, my family has a long history with St. Joseph. Well, way back after World War II, um, my mom was as yet unmarried and she was all of 26 years old. Those days that was considered a little advanced for not being married. My grandmother was a little worried about this. So she made a, a novena to St. Joseph. And sure enough, on the feast day of St. Joseph, March the 19th, 1946, in strode my father just out of the Navy, and uh, he came to call upon my future mom for a first date. And his dad walked into 
uh, grandma and grandpa's house. Grandma said to him, are you the man St. Joseph sent? And it turns out that was the man St. Joseph sent. We've always had great devotion to St. Joseph in our house. In fact, my younger brother is named Joseph, I think, for that very reason. As a time of our looking to renew the church, St. Joseph is the patron of the universal church. And St. Joseph is someone who teaches us um, how it is that we should be in the church, not as strangers, but as family. And uh, St. Joseph is one uh, who uh, exhibits that quiet strength and integrity that is so needed in the church uh, at this time in its life. So it was very providential that Pope Francis uh, dedicated the year ahead to St. Joseph. And I'm looking forward to participating in it fully and in helping everybody in the archdiocese to do so. You've just been elected chairman-elect of the U.S. Bishops Committee on Pro-Life Activities. You'll take up that office at the end of the year in November. What do you hope to uh, emphasize and accomplish in that role? You know... uh, several things. One is that we need to find ever more effective ways uh, to share the truth and beauty of the church's teaching on human life, on human dignity, and the common good. And um, I, I think it's, it's helping the church in the United States uh, to do just that. Um, not as part of a political agenda, uh, not as part of uh, an ideological agenda, simply the truth and beauty and goodness and coherence of what the church teaches about life. And to talk, of course, about how the more vulnerable human life is, the greater its claim upon our consciences. And so the more vulnerable uh, a, a group of, of you know, people are, the more we have to love and care for them, the more the issue rises in preeminence. But there's a lot of vulnerable people in the world, and I think we have to, as Catholics, be concerned about them. So I think we need to bear witness to the gospel of life. And uh, if we want to move the needle at all, in terms of protecting the vulnerable, um, we have to have cogent arguments, but we have to back it up with witness as well. So that's what I'm hoping to further in my role as chair of the Pro-Life Committee. I know that you have a a dog, Bailey, who uh, spends some time around the, the archdiocesan offices. A beautiful golden retriever. How's he doing? And and do you still get to take him out for walks? Yeah, Bailey is five years old. He is, of course, uh, the master of the house. He's perpetually hungry. So if you leave a scrap of food around, you know, you you certainly don't need a vacuum cleaner. Um, he's um, wonderful to take, uh, to go on walks with. I do that every chance I get on a nice day. Um even if it's a little cold or windy, 
um, we, we take about a 4.5 mile walk and uh, he's a good companion and he is good most of the time. So uh, he's, he's certainly my, uh, my good companion. Wonderful. As we close, do you have a blessing for us for the new year? Yes, I, I do. I, I truly pray that the Lord will watch over us as this new year dawns, that the Lord will uh, protect our families and our loved ones, that the Lord will make us instruments of his love and charity and peace and justice as we seek to help those uh, who are vulnerable and those who have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic. I pray that there will be peace and unity in our world. I pray for the vulnerable, that their lives will be protected. I pray for our church, that our, our church will be strengthened, unified, purified, and energized uh, by the Holy Spirit in the year that is to come. And may God bless us all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. We have been wrapping up 2020 and looking ahead to the new year with Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore. Thank you so much for being with us today. Glad to be here, Chris, and thank you for all you do. Thanks. This is Chris Gunty, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. And we're out. And there's Bailey. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love. <laughs>